to be radically generous, radically courageous, radically just. Then apply those to our temperature, apply those to our spending, apply those to all these areas. Pete started talking about it. We have um, about retirement at all either. We, yeah, there. retirement. Oh my gosh. It's all connected. How are we going to get there? Continue What's our what time you're saying. You know, Pete, <laughs> you're just crazy. Uh, I've often felt that way. Uh, and found I found I was it's true. Like a few minutes ago. <laughs> so it's a good lesson that eventually no, 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 no. Yeah. it but turns like I, out. I would have saved enough money to survive, you know, three bouts of cancer. <laughs> what? I thought we you were being serious these, about you. No. No. <laughs> This episode of The Men's Show was sponsored by Select International Tours. Awesome, awesome partners of ours. We really appreciate their support for this show. You can check them out at selectinternationaltours.com. Hey, stay frosty, extraordinary ladies and gentlemen. Back to the show. Again, once again, if you'd like to oh, yeah. future live streams, bonus content, and support the show, and make sure that we're able to have you know some green label on the table in front of us next time, please join The Men's Show Patreon community over at themenshow.com. Right, I have that right? It's called The League of Ordinary Gentlemen, and ladies are invited too. Uh, and you can access that via the Awaken app. Okay, so one of the things we've talked about in recent months, um, we had some guys up uh, to give talks around the subjects of money, good money, how do we use our money. Um, they're from New Polity. Check them out. Yes. Um, but one of the things we talked about was, uh, I'll bring in in kind of twofold things, uh, retirement. You know, is it good for men to retire, men, anybody to retire? Um, if so, like, what do we mean by that? Um, or saving for retirement? What is, yeah, what does that mean? Uh, and then a, a tie, tie in with how should Catholics invest? Hmm. How shouldn't they invest? A lot of questions. It's a good topic. Well, let me, I, first of all, I think as far as investing that most Catholics are probably investing in companies that are doing terrible, awful things like including uh, giving billions of dollars to uh, abortion. You really jumping into center. it. So, well, it's just, I, it's one of the things that I've become like, I'm very, so I invest, but I directed the gentleman who's a good guy. I said, I don't want to invest in any companies that are doing bad practices that go against my Catholic faith. Um, so if they're donating to, I mean, Microsoft was one for me cause Bill Gates and the amount of money he gives to population control and abortion and stuff like, it's like, I don't want my money going there. So I don't invest there. I don't invest in China because any, I said any company in China, we're not investing there because it's the one child policy. Um, and I don't think this is even a question or even Catholics even know that they're investing in companies that end up, you know, supporting these types of things. So I would agree. And I, I'm just going to take a stroll down memory lane. We've had this conversation before, but the question was, should a Catholic have a savings account? And where did we have that we conversation? We had this conversation at Trotters in Bowling That's Bowling right, Ray. baby. And I will, I will quote the the younger Pete Range at the time. Um, you know, he's changed a little bit here. Uh, he said, I don't think a Catholic should have a savings account. Now, he wasn't terribly tied to that statement at the time. <laughs> he was He was pondering. And you mentioned storehouses, you know, like the, the gospel of uh, storing up goods in heaven. And I'm like, at that time, I was like, Pete, you're crazy. <laughs> you're just crazy. Uh, you know, we, I've often felt that way. 
uh, and found out found I was it's true. Like a few minutes ago. <laughs> so it's a good lesson that eventually no, 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 no. Yeah. it but turns like I, out. That. You know, over the years, like I certainly wouldn't say it as simply as like, oh, your bank is labeled a savings account and you have money in it, you know. But over the years, I've, I've completely changed how I feel. Most Probably a lot in the last year, I've changed how I feel about how we should save our money, shouldn't save our money, um, which is it's, it's just a crazy proposition. Yeah. I remember agreeing with Pete at the time, and now I feel all the more so uh, strongly uh, along well, and, those lines. And elaborate that because obviously yeah. We're, yeah. we're speaking out of we have around here, but that sounds crazy. So elaborate. It does. Yeah. So Nick Meyer, by the way, uh, asked if we're Nick. reading comments, and we are indeed, sir. So you can join us for this festivity. Yeah. Nick, I love you, man. Um, so, okay, why do I feel that? Uh, because we uh, uh, largely this has been. Um, well, and can define your terms to like, like sure, like n that Christians shouldn't have a savings account like at all. Or like what kind of savings? Like what are you talking about? Okay. What are so, you defending before you defend it? Thank you for pushing me to do so. You're uh, so for me as a non-economist, I actually somehow managed to graduate without taking economics, even though it was uh, one of the requirements. Um, like I, I'm not a guy. I, I'm, for me, my relationship with numbers is I can count to four because I'm a musician. Okay. So I am very humble about what I don't know when it comes to economics and I lean into my friendships and people that I trust heavily for that stuff. But from a spiritual standpoint, um, I, and this has been hardened for me, uh, or, or strengthened in me ever since I got into new polity, um, as a result of, you know, you, John Mark and you, Rob, um, where they talk about how our money should have a specific end in mind and not just be this like, ominous or ambiguous reservoir in case something bad happens that it's there to take care of us which almost presupposes or implies that we are in charge of taking care of us rather than god so we got to make sure that we've created a cushion that we can fall on because we can't trust that we're going to fall on god and so we've spent our lives a lot of times building up these savings accounts building up wealth and and you know and, and it's just kind of this there isn't there isn't a finite like here's what I'm aiming at for this dollar that that I'm putting away, um, you know. So I'm I am investing right now, but I'm investing with specific ends in mind, and I'm not just going to do this for my whole life. Yeah, and so again, kind of like with our last discussion, we have a, a, an issue here where we can think of the extremes, and we can recognize both the extremes are wrong here. It's not right for the Christian to 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 abdicate any reason or prudential judgment like right. yeah if you have a family you gotta take care of your family so we're not saying don't squander your money we're not saying right. you know you're a, you just be a prodigal you don't think you just do whatever you feel like certainly that's that's one extreme but the other extreme is the person who is maybe in in subtle ways but perhaps growing ways as they become habituated to it they're trying to use the money and financial systems to create a something other than God that they place their trust and their hope in. Yeah, big you know, so security. Somewhere in the middle, there there is a, a right amount of money. There's a right amount of there, there's saving for things that you actually need that you're actually called to. But somewhere beyond that, there's saving money just to have money to make sure that I have power, that I have security, that I, I can I can deal with any 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 situation. 
And so like trying to find what's the, the that prudent place in the middle where you, the, the money that you have is spent well, it's saved for the actual things God's calling you, and money beyond that, um, to, to set it aside, to put it up in a barn, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak, uh, could be problematic. Yeah. yeah. So here, here's how I would say it. You know, I think what we like to do is is gather more and more undesignated money, mm-hmm. money for whatever, you know, just in case money. Um, when when we we get more money, I feel like certainly we have an amount that we you know in our modern society that comes in every month goes out goes out every month. Uh, but when you have money that's beyond what you normally need to live your life, um, you know, I think a lot of people put it in unspecified savings for nothing specific. Yeah. Indefinitely. Yeah. Once they have, you know, I think it's important to spend the money, even if it's only in your mind, and that spending that money should involve the process of saying, God, what is this money for? Mm-hmm. Why did why do why did I get this money? Using your money, you know, for good purposes, and not just indefinitely for tomorrow. But I think that's the, what you just said is really the key to the matter. Like. God might call you to have a savings account and having a savings account quite large, in fact, because maybe he has a purpose for the money that you don't know. But in prayer, you've gone to God and, God and you said, God, what do you want me to do with this? And in obedience, in that prayer, you should do what God is asking you to do, whether that's to give all your money away or whether that's to save some or save a whole heck of a lot. Because God, again, I mean, I've, I think so my view from Trotters originally it stands in the sense that I feel like every Christian is called to a baseline of, of radical living when it comes to uh, living a, a life that is totally disattached of the things of this world. But having worked now with individuals who have lived in poverty a lot and then working with a lot of individuals who have money who help those types of individuals in tremendous ways and there's a nice give and take because they both help each other. Um, I've seen the great good that good, prudent decisions can make if you do save your money and how you can advance the kingdom of God through the the gifts of financial wealth. So it comes back to like, God, what do you want me to do? And if you want me to have a savings account, then bless be God, I'll have a big savings account. That makes total sense to me. Because again, still, you, you've gone through that process. Right. You set aside the money for the purpose yeah. that, again, I think that maybe the, the thing that we, we mustn't do is to put off that discernment. Like I'm sitting inside this money and yeah, maybe I'll do good with it, but also maybe I'll just spend it on a boat someday. Like that's not what we should be doing. If if we are saving prayerfully, prudently, it's because we really have dedicated, we really have promised God that we're going to, we're, we're going to be attentive to the spirit and do something great and good with this and not just turn around when we kind of get bored and spend it on ourselves. I tell you what's changed my heart in this too, a little bit, or just, uh, or how I appreciate the attention more is having kids and like wanting to see the best for my kids and my kids taken care of and setting them up so that they're in a position that not that I want to pay for everything for their life or even like pay for their entire, like I want them to learn the value and, and hard work and things of that nature. But like, you know, like how much, you know, if you could potentially lose a job or you potentially get hurt, I mean, is there any amount of money that we should be like putting in a savings account just for something that we don't know could happen? Like, is there any room for that there for you guys? Or what do you think? I think they, not for me. I mean, there's certainly Nothing. like, no, put zero, zero in the no, bank. No, specifically in that ambiguous, like, I don't know what's going to happen. An emergency yeah. Fund? No, I, I don't agree explicitly. I mean, it depends on like, if you're thinking about, 
um, hey, my washer and dryer could go out. So this is roughly an amount that like if that were to go out, this, you know, some utility or appliance in my house could go out. Here's an amount that could pay for that. And so I'm going to hold that. Or my car could die. Or my car could. Yeah. So you are on board with that? Yeah, I am on board with that. But that isn't the same as just this ambiguously amassing you know, a uh, vault of money, you know, like right. the, the McDuck, uh, Scrooge yeah, McDuck, exactly. whatever. Yeah. I would have saved enough money to survive, you know, three bouts of cancer. <laughs> Good, luck. Good luck. You know what I mean? Like this oh, is, oh, yeah. yeah, like we can, <laughs> I we can save for these, you. <laughs> no, no, but like we could save for like massive disaster. And I mean, most of the time they're going to wipe out all of our funds anyway. So there's a big difference between that scenario that was just put out there a second ago, like, you know, what if I get fired or whatever? Like, I don't think that we should uh, live our lives assuming we might get fired necessarily. But in contrast, if you're planning on leaving the position you're in and starting some type of entrepreneurial situation or whatever, then in a very intentional way, you give yourself a six month runway or, or maybe a 12 month runway. And but you've saved to provide for yourself for the next six to 12 months. Right. And, and it is a definite amount too. Exactly. Like it's not it's like... Just, I'm going to save, you know, I'll save $20,000. It's not like I'm going to save as much as I can for the next six months. Yeah. If we're in a situation where, oh, frick, I might get fired. I should be ready for that. Like, you should probably not be in that situation, (laughs) you know? Well, not everybody can control that. I mean, because there might be vaccine mandates that could come down. For sure. And that's, we're in a weird world right now. I I don't know how this applies to that, but um I do want we we before we get further here we have a few questions that we should get to from the comments but did we mention in this episode our shiny new patron community <gasps> The shiny new patron community is called the League of Ordinary Gentlemen and ladies are invited too over at themenshow.com get exclusive benefits bonus content eventually we're probably going to move this live stream over yeah. there so if you want to continue to join us for this monthly virtual men's night got to head over there um, yeah, so we started this party at six thirty. Maybe tonight. we won't. Like, I mean, we'll this see what plan Changes every. Yeah, yeah we'll see so. what happens. Can you go back to just John, Mark, and, and I on the couch, calling just for a second? <laughs> oh my gosh, why are we doing this? Because <laughs> I look like half the man he is with, oh with all God. my hair. You are. I mean, like, it's, it's been a long COVID winter. <laughs> is that like a super nice charitable way of saying you're fat? <laughs> no, no, it has nothing to do with weight. Just the the ability Listen, to grow. I'd be happy to donate the some beard. of this and some of this. Oh, you meant the manliness, half the, the manliness. manliness. Yes. Okay. Okay. Intimidating. Well, cool. thank you. <laughs> Glad we had this conversation. Hey, you made it this far. It's time to refresh that drink and grab another cigar. But hey, while we're doing that, please check out selectinternationaltours.com, our sponsor for this episode of The Men's Show. They're great partners of the show. We appreciate their support. We'll see you when you get back. Um, close up on this little puppy dog. Yes. <laughs> um, for just $5 a month, <laughs> you could get John Mark one drink. <laughs> just one. That's all I require. All right. So first question here from Nick Meyer. Uh, He he sent this question a little bit ago uh, when I was answering your question, John Mark, Mm -hmm. from me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's his question is, what are the ends that you have in mind that a Christian should have in mind uh, in terms of like reasons to invest or put money away or whatever? So we kind of touched on that a second ago. Yeah, and I guess we we didn't talk about investment at all. Right. Really. Pete started talking about it. We haven't talked Um, about retirement at all either. Yeah, retirement. Oh my gosh. It's all connected. How are we going to get there? What's our what time you're saying. Frame? Yeah, we'll get there somehow. Well, what are the ends? What are, what are you what are we saving money for? Mm-hmm. 
I think one's got to be uh, to help the poor, like the universal destination of goods. We have private properties just so that we can be generous. Like that's yeah. the yes. purpose but that it, we. It's it's also to contrast that mm-hmm. it's 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 important not that we just save up our money so that maybe we can have vague aspirations of helping the poor right. someday. You know what I mean? It's not good to be miserly now so that we can be generous later. Right. So that, that obligation to be good to the poor is upon us at the moment. Right. Yeah. So you, we need to fulfill that duty and it may involve saving as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those, I think the, those obligations, those are, those are matters of, of justice. This is talking talk about the virtue of justice here. Justice isn't optional and it's not something you necessarily have to go out there and find like already right now by virtue of your, your vocation as a son or daughter of God, your vocation as a husband and father, your vocation as a member of the church, your vocation as a, um, you know, employee of your company or, or whatever, you already have a series of, of, of uh, obligations and duties with respect to those positions. And so the, the money that you should be pursuing should be the money that allows you to carry out those roles uh, well. You know, so yeah, I mean, as a Christian, you are to help the poor. Well, you should, you, know, you should try to have money to help the poor. You should, you know, keep your family housed and fed and you should educate your children and all that. You should be trying to think concretely, though, and what do I actually need for that? Not just, I'll just save up a crap ton of money, and then, yes, I'll use it for these good things. Well, no, you should be thinking in terms of your duties and responsibilities and then prayerfully trying to to bring the money to those things. Here's an issue, and I think it's a big one for a lot of families, is education, though. I mean, there's some high schools, $14,000 a year to go to Catholic high school. Like, is that... A worthy cause. Yeah, number one, is that even worth it? <laughs> I mean, well, how Catholic is it? Is it extra Catholic because it's extra expensive? I mean, <laughs> so let's let's make the assumption, okay, yeah. that this is a good Orthodox faithful Catholic school that's really trying to raise saints. Huh? Like, is that a worthy endeavor to put down? I can't do fourteen times four real quick in my head, but sixty thousand dollars or so. Is that a worthy cause, you guys? I mean, what's? Dep- I mean, what? A, I'm sure it depends on the person. Yeah. The position, their own discernment with their own children. I don't see any reason why it couldn't for a, a, a particular family who's discerned that. Yeah, that's I can't, not where my family's going. Yeah, I can't but. say that anyone else about anyone else that it's the right or wrong decision. For me, I could never imagine myself investing that amount into something that might be just as good somewhere else or similar esque. We'll take it to the next level. I mean, uh, Steubenville is a great college, and I would feel very comfortable sending my kids to Steubenville yeah. or Christendom or something of that nature. Not my alma maters. I don't want to talk about them right now, but um, it, I shouldn't say I take it back. Um, oh, but like, <laughs> this is live. <laughs> you have friends from that place. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, and it's so frustrating. If we just live by our Catholic values, folks, we could rechain, we could reform the world. But anyway, with that being said, um, I mean, uh, how much is Steubenville? I'm guessing uh, twenty thousand a, a year. Lot. I mean, is it more? more? Thirty thousand, forty thousand. I mean, where? I mean, Maybe does that, that fall much. under the the realm of of prudence to say, hey, yeah, it, it to make for my child to have the best chance he or she can have in this world. I want them to get a great Catholic education. I want them to be a saint. This is a great way. I want to have that door open for them to have that opportunity. I mean, is that reasonable? Unreasonable? That to you? Doesn't seems sound good. unreasonable. Yeah, seems reasonable Sounds like a good idea. But it, but I think okay. I think again two different families could discern right. differently on that. Yeah, you know, it doesn't like now everyone has to save forty thousand dollars a year for four years for if, each of their children. If there was a Catholic school, like so, if there's a hypothetical, uh, none of these exist. But if there was a hypothetical Catholic school that was doing a really crappy, crappy job of educating children, and they were all coming out atheists, and they were all coming out not believing the the faith, well, then here in our hypothetical scenario, we could probably say, well, yeah, 
I, I, I don't think families should be sending their kids there in that case. But in most of the cases we would bring up in the real world, of course, uh, don't look at me like that. Uh, I think it admits of a lot of a lot of potential discernment for different individuals, different families. So here's a, a, a question on this because, and I haven't watched any of the new polity podcast, so I'm. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, because this is something my family doesn't spend a lot of money on, though, like entertainment. What part does entertainment play, and how much money, and where we spend it? Well, that's that goes I, that's into our big, leisure topic. That goes into well, I mean, well, that's, we are that's, never going to talk about retirement tonight. <laughs> I mean, these topics, like whether it's vaccines, yeah. right? It's going to involve personal yeah. choices that we made. We have to be willing to kind of go yeah. there to say, yeah, I, I mean, that's probably an important thing to offer up to God. I think as Americans, we'd like to uh, bury our heads in the sands on that one sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if every single dollar that we made is truly God's, which it is. You know, he doesn't need it. Well, he didn't I'm need kidding. the money. You know what I'm saying, though. But like the what the good that we can do and the potential that money has should be for God's purposes. Yeah. If that entertainment fits in that, then yeah. well, and, okay. and here's the thing: when and this is involving this this primary important virtue of prudence here. So if you if you sit down and you discern this and you say, okay, well, at this point, it seems like Netflix is a good investment for my family. We enjoy it. We do a lot with it. I'm going to decide it's to use objectively some of my money wrong. For it. I'm going to use some of my money for it. Well, here's the thing, though, Pete. If that person practices prudence in that decision, even if they're wrong, you know, even if they're wrong, the point is, is they've opened themselves more to the Holy Spirit's prompting in the future because they're practicing being reasonable. They're practicing making a, a, an actual decision rather than just doing whatever they feel. And that person can be led by the Holy Spirit to decide down the road, you know what? I don't actually think Netflix is good for my family, so I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah. And so and becoming a saint is more important than being they're right. They're habituating themselves to being reasonable, being decisive. Would you say that becoming a saint is more important than being right? Yes. Let us know in the comments if is, you're viewing. Are these two things not? Well, what do you mean by being, yeah, being right? right. Like, feeling right? I don't know. Feeling like you're right? <laughs> getting the last word it's in? Hot, yeah. Is that, <laughs> I don't know how to. I don't know. I like getting the last word in. <laughs> All right. So I think entertainment is just something to, to consider. We could pick it up uh, maybe another time. But, but let's really, that's I want to get to retirement, too. What you're really getting really, at is the question of budgeting, just in general. Right. Well, how, yeah, I mean, you're wrestling with, well, how much is too much? Well, how much yeah. is too much and what category should even be in the budget if we're talking about? Like- right. So like, let's say you're super wealthy and you do make donations to your parish and to the diocese and even amazing organizations like Awaken Catholic or the men's show. And let's say you're not. And now you're like, oh, I should be. You should do that. Anyway, no, that's a digression. But like, let's say you are using your money for good. But you also have a lake house and you also have a boat and you all um, like, is there a point at which we should like, no, the lake house is too much. No, the boat is too much. That could have also gone to the church. That could have also gone to the poor. Like, that's why to me, the budget is like a whole nother but, conversation. Uh, but I'm not saying that's what I believe. Yeah. I'm saying that's where that takes you almost. So we grew up in Sandusky. My, my own father has a boat house and a boat. <sighs> And like the blessing that it was for my family and still is today, we all go out to the sandbar and like we do a lot of family things on the boat. Um, You know, I would see that as a good and an enriching thing for for our lives. Um, I wouldn't take issue with it provided like there's discernment there. Mm. Well, and again, whenever you're doing something like that, again, you're, you're opening your if you're being virtuous in that action, then you're opening yourself up to. If the Lord really wants to come in and say, "Okay, that's great," I want you to be even more generous in a way that's that's even different now. You're like you're open to that, 
but it starts by even just where you are, you know, like being intentional about the things that you that you have, the, the activities you're doing. Yeah, but you is also there, can't is there do an, it for a, other people. That's that's the other challenge. You want to go and look at everyone else's situation and say, well, you have too much. Yeah, I mean, but if Bernie Sanders has four houses or the leaders of Black Lives Matter have like four houses, it's like, all right, is that – like, am I not allowed to like make a judgment and say, are you using your funds? For I think the that's actually of- kind of a Christian obligation. To have four houses? No. <laughs> but to, but to challenge, call on people other, yeah. who have more than they may need. I think it is. I think it's it's a duty and responsibility of a Christian to, right. you know, say, hey, you're extra, you're excess. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that challenge is, I think, something we're all called to. I, the, the issue is that, like, again, any of us could go to any of our houses and presume to, to, to second guess each other's decisions on this. Yeah. So we should be challenging each other. But ultimately, what we need to be challenging each other is, like, I don't know exactly what, what more radical generosity looks like you in terms of the next steps, Rob, but you are to be radically gen- generous. I think one of the recent podcasts, the guys on the New Polity said something I really liked, which is that prudence is not about whether you are to live out the gospel radically. It's about the how. And that was a great little pithy quote, like... Sometimes we read the, the the gospel passage of the rich young ruler and we kind of read ourselves out of that passage because, well, certainly that can't apply to me. I'm not called to give everything away. Because I got a family. So there, therefore that passage doesn't apply to me. And the point is, well, no, yes, it does. You too are supposed to give it all to Jesus. But how that looks in your life, you actually have to discern with Jesus, which is going to look different from that rich young ruler. It's going to look different from Rob, from Nick. Right. You are to live radically, no doubt about it. Every dollar, every moment, every minute. But you have to discern that how uh, in prayer. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that. I think th- there's there's got to be some. There's uh, what's that book? Happy are you poor? Have you guys? Seen oh Dubay? yeah, I love that book. Yeah, Thomas Dubay. Um, that book made me hurt. Yeah, and I yeah, feel that's like, why I didn't read it. And I haven't read it for a while, but I feel like he talks about there are some like baselines for each vocation, though, and like each vocation was a little bit different. Well, as as, like, he was very concrete. I think I, you'd be very drawn concrete. to that because you yeah. were like, I want to know the line. I want to know. He, he quotes the temperature. You can have your temperature in your home between this and that. You know. Are you was, serious? I'm so oh, glad yeah. I didn't read that book. And it was very specific. It's worth in it. some it's ways, in some ways, those guides are helpful. But I mean, there's also limited. They're not like you know. We can't go and say you can't go. You know, below seventy degrees in your house. You just can't. That's not that's right because too, you're being wasteful with your cool weather. Yeah. Can we can we say that there's certain maybe ideals that we could shoot for, and maybe 70 degrees is an ideal that we shouldn't like. But why just, is that? But everyone idea? should like, shoot for I, I, the ideal of 70 degrees. No, and, and, or, John Mark runs like hot. Of, of President it. Biden should make an announcement that it's mandated. Oh, Look, I'm, I'm not that trying. If your house has two or more people in it. I'm just trying to help us think. I'm not necessarily like dying no, on seven degree hill here, but like I've been to Port au Prince, Haiti twice, right? I mean, kids eat mud cakes. And so every donut that I buy when I go to Dunkin' Donuts or something, like I, I do like. Mud on it. No. <laughs> no, it's. Sorry. No. Yeah, well, it's, it's not funny for me because I've seen kids, yeah. you know, starving. I know you don't, but, um, but I do think about that when I'm like yeah. enjoying a treat where I'm like, my God, there's kids dying literally in this moment of starvation because they don't have nutrients and stuff. So like, 
is there a baseline that we that we can say that well maybe we should talk about the temperature in our house because for me to wear wear t-shirts and shorts in the winter time that's just about my comfort it's not about you know that's not about really what i need to have so i can be comfortable in my home we we are so craven and so beholden to comfort in our society i think that's a good challenge that we need a thomas debate to say Hey, look at your temperature. Look at some of these other things in your life. You just accept yeah. it. Well, that's just yeah. whatever. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I just think it would be hard to get to a very specific degree for a very specific person. It but they wouldn't but, be applicable to everybody. Yeah. Right. But there can be like people who need to discern that they're like using their temperature in their home, excess heat for their comfort solely. I don't know. Is that complicated? Kevin wants to know. He says, God called me to be a drummer. How many drum sets am I allowed to own? <laughs> <laughs> and Nick Meyer says, what is entertainment? What might that have to do with leisure and rest? Many questions to be and considered here. Gosh. Okay. Colleen is sighing. Are we boring you, Colleen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, I, I always bring this back to virtue. And I, it, it, that the, the, the virtues really are about tr training us to be the kind of people who can think this and pursue the ideals and again there's no objective temperature that is the ideal like obviously a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago the situation would have been completely different but the ideal that we're called to to be radically generous radically courageous radically just radically all the, the virtues the qualities the beatitudes those are our ideals and so we we have to try to live those out radically but yeah then apply those to our temperature apply those to our spending apply those to our our free time apply those to all these areas um and again, I think there's there's room for baby steps in the sense of well, I'm going to plant my flag in the sand today, and I'm going to do I'm going to put it at this temperature. But that also means I'm open to next week, you know, Thomas Debate coming smacking me over the head and saying, no, you need to challenge yourself a little bit more. Like we're open to that. Yeah. But it's it's the, the, the temperatures are funny. Of, and I think yeah. that the frat the fraternal correction is so important. Like someone was, I think you were saying that you know you feel like there is a responsibility to call each other out. Like if we're being a little extra uh, you said something like that and i totally agree with that like i think that we have to lean because we are so blind to our own bullcrap most of the time mm -hmm. some of the time we're not so blind to it but we're just kind of pretending it's not there or you know is that what and, you were and, doing and so <laughs> and so we've come to that part in every show in which we announce that nick this is really all a ruse. This is an intervention. <laughs> We've been wanting to talk to you about. In other news, not to change the topic. Uh, retirement stuff. Literally right now while we were talking about that. Yes. Freaking Mike Tenney, Pop Culture Catechism, just brought in another Mike. another $50 donor for his patron community. Guys, we need your help. We need to, we need to take down Pop Culture Catechism's community. We got to beat him. Join. The ordinary league no the, the league, league of, of ordinary, ordinary gentlemen and ladies are invited to yes at the men's show.com the men's show.com and wilderness. you know you don't have awesome. to come in at 50 bucks but if you could do it super we have multiple levels so uh, if you want to support the the glory that is happening here yeah um okay so we have exactly five minutes for for this topic <laughs> remaining and then we're going to move on to the next topic um okay so can I try to boil it down to a couple of bullet points? I, I yeah, won't yeah. Answer them. I'll just ask them. Okay. So what is retirement? And given whatever that definition. <laughs> Sorry, is. Sorry, wait. Mike Tenney just wrote, "Give me all your money." <laughs> Shut up, Mike. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Go on. Oh, and then he said, "For the kingdom." Our our Christians called retirement. What do we mean by retirement? Yeah. It really okay. depends on what we mean by that. So obviously. we can say two things. First, retirement means leaving leaving the job that you you work in. Because you no longer 
want to work there. Hold on. Hold on. What is it? Yeah. I mean, retirement for some people means I'm going to leave this specific duty that I've been called to my life and do another duty or good that I truly want to do in service of God. Yeah. That would be one way of looking at it. Another way is retirement is college 2.0 where I have free funds. I have the money, the leisure, the time to do whatever I want to do. Whenever I want to do, I'm skipping class. Right. It's kind of like all other parts of our life right now. In our present life, we tend to compartmentalize like, God, you can be in here and here and here, but not in my free time and not in my blow money because those are mine, you know? And, and so the question is, your, like, your do blow we, money, like money your for cocaine money, no, no money to blow on whatever <laughs> money <laughs> to, anyway. So we, we, don't do drugs, kids. I mean, some people, certainly some people out there seem to think of retirement in that way that we, okay, I, I'm giving God this part of my life. I'll be really intentional. I'll work hard. But then at some point, it's it's for me now. Now I get to relax and enjoy. Yeah, and, I put in my dues. And it seems yeah. like that could be taken too far because we're, I mean, you're not done yet. You're not a saint yet. Like we, we, uh, you got work to do. Our death. Like we, we are, uh, we are on the way. We're status via Taurus. It's a confusion about what the ideal existence is to strive for here on earth, right? Like mm -hmm. we, we want, it gets back to the comfort conversation, right? Like we want earth to feel like heaven. And it's not gonna. And if that's our goal and that's what we're working towards, then we're all screwed up. That's not how it's supposed to be. Heaven is heaven. And we are mission oriented here. We are um, trying to build the kingdom, bring people to Jesus. That like, that's, that's our goal. Like, I don't ever want to be in a position where I worked so hard that I'm like, you know what? I am done bringing people to Jesus. I am just going to relax on a beach, have some pina coladas. If I, I might go to a beach and have pina coladas and talk to people about Jesus. That's the way to do it. That's that's a that's a retirement worth talking about. <laughs> so what's the question here? Is it bad to save for retirement to have? It doesn't sound like it's a bad thing necessarily as long as you're doing it in the sense of like, I'm following the Lord's will. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. I mean, a lot of the people that I know retire, they retire because they want to spend more time with the family, their kids, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. you know, and all those are good things. Yeah, totally. But you need to save up money to ensure that you can actually do that. You can't stop working than just expect to live off of social security. Right. Like you need to save money for that. Not our purpose. generation. Well, yeah, that's another question where that's going to be around. But. Yeah. So certainly that, yeah, that, that just as we were talking <clears> about <throat> earlier, that kind of prudential, you know, planning ahead, being concrete about it. Like this is the kind of, this is a reasonable lifestyle for me to want to live, not to, not to retire and live fat cat, but to retire and, and live well. Well, how do I say, how do we prepare for that? I think one piece of this that we're not going to really dig into much tonight which is just that an unfortunate piece of this is that we really are in a place in our society where we, we look to our money and our financial systems to be the, the only way that we organize this rather than seeing family relationships, uh, relationships as the way we, yeah. we plan this, the way that we organize this, that, I mean, we, yeah. Teresa and I, uh, we've, um, we've got her, her dad had surgery and, um, my parents have a house near us. And they very generously allowed him to stay there to recover. And Teresa's making the meals a day. And and we want that. Like, that's been our vision since we got married, that we want our uh, our parents, when they're, not, when they're not out there working anymore, we, we want to be close to them. We want them close to the kids. And so I think thinking really intentionally about what's that, what's, what is the reasonable lifestyle for a Christian who's retired and what should that time really be about and how do we prepare for that both both you know monetarily but also in terms of relationships in terms of what the conversations we're having with our kids and with our parents um yeah what we're building towards there
Amen. It's so hard though, because like, how do you plan with inflation? And like, like it's, you don't, you almost, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's almost to me, there's a zero sum choice here. It's like, do we just completely trust and we, we become more family oriented and we like do not have this expectation, but like in our cultures, like someone gets old, we put them in a nursing home versus in some other cultures, like, no, like the grandparents, they come and they live with you. And that's a whole cultural shift, the paradigm shift that needs to happen. I feel like. Yeah. And we use money in our culture now, oftentimes where love does not exist. You know, I'm going to have someone come and take care of me and feed me and wipe my butt and pay the money. Because I have no children who will do that for me. Because I don't want to, or because I don't want to be a burden, or I don't want to be a burden to my my family, language, you know, all that really stuff. Problematic. Um, yeah. yeah, but I do think there is like we can foresee some, and you can know some, and I do think if you say, hey, I you know reasonably can expect to live for this long, and I may need this much, and you define that dollar amount, and you're not saving excessively and indefinitely, you know, I is there room there? I mean, I think that's that's a that's I a, think so. a model for the rest of the decisions you make in your life, right? Because you you see a task ahead of you, you plan accordingly, but you don't plan excessively. We were talking about that earlier too. Like you don't you don't never actually do the good thing that God's calling you to do because you can always prepare more and more. No, you prayer you prepare the reasonable amount for the task, but then you also step forward in faith and say, Lord, if this wasn't enough pre- preparation, well, you got to take care of me there. Like I, I can only see that uh, so many steps ahead. But then I have to also recognize there's providence involved here. And now we're one minute over on that topic, so I'm going to put a stop there. In a neat little town they called Belfast, apprentice to trade I was bound. Nick, you got to sing this with me. I'm trying. <laughs> and many an hour of sweet happiness I spent in that neat little town. Till bad misfortune came over me that caused me to stray from the land. Far away from me friends and relations To follow the black velvet band Her eyes, they shone like diamonds You'd think she was queen of the land And her hair hung over her shoulders Tied up with a black velvet band To our wonderful patrons, here is to you, to your health Cheers. Blessings of the patrons. You don't yes. have anything. Cheers. I know. I need to fix that. We I'm, only I'm about have to fix that. The the problem here. Yes. We're drinking water. It's all we could afford. Listen, because of our patron don't. level. <laughs> for as little as a hundred dollars a month. Oh my gosh! You could get us green label, <laughs> prime shelf alcohol. So. Check out uh, themenshow.com and please join our patron community. The League of Ordinary Gentlemen and Ladies are invited too. 